Right, this is Bez. I'm Eight Wonders Happier, and you're listening to The Workhouse. This is Marshall Jefferson, and you're listening to The Workhouse. This is Alex P, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hiya, I'm Jackie, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is Kay Class, and you are listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is Lindy Lane, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Oi, oi, this is Disco Boy, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is Angelo Ferreri and you are listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is James Abila and you're listening to The Workhouse Sessions. This is Roger Sanchez and right now you're checking out The Workhouse. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Mike. It's time for the Pandemic Podcast! Volume 3. Thank you. Hey, Matt hurt my ears. I'm go- Do you know what? Because I'm worried about my job and I've been told I go and get like, a proper job. I know. Have you not retrained yourself yet? Town crier. Well, you used to do uh, boxing uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. announcements, yeah, didn't yeah. you? You were good In at that. In the blue corner! Yeah. No, I'm thinking town crier. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't need like any sort of ampli- amplification. Because, Mr. you know, the government have told me that I haven't got a proper job. To retrain. I need to retrain. Goldie's retrained, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he's a, he's a, he's he's a cleaner, a cleaner. He's a cleaner. He cleans his art gallery now. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's been one funny thing on the internet this week... That did make me laugh. That was hilarious. Yes. Goldie doing his little routine <laughs> being re-trained. a cleaner, yeah. being retrained. <laughs> you need to go and dig that out. What a fantastic we'll, we'll video. We'll share it on our Workhouse Facebook it, page. It was brilliant. We'll share that. Yes, make that we happen. Will. We will. So I'm going to retrain as a town crier. I'm, I think I've got the voice for it. I think you've already retrained, Mike. I think I'm done. Okay. If you need a town crier, um, if you can find him, maybe we can help. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, He's here every day. Phase one DJ store in Darlington. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I don't know how much longer we'll be here for the way we're going. You will continue, Mike. <laughs> we, will, we must continue. We will continue, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're here. We're doing the Pandemic Podcast. This is volume three. Yes, it is. And this week we are featuring Mark Island. Friend. Yes, of the show. Of the show. And uh, customer of the shop. Yes, yep. and he also runs music, which is an events uh, side to his business. It is. And he also has done quite a bit of remix work, going back with Head Candy and Face Angel under the Mam E Duke. He's one of them DJs yeah. that has done a little bit of everything. He has. He's done the, the mobile thing, he's done the events thing, he's Bars, done the clubbing thing, he's done the bar thing. And, you know, some of the bar work and remix work, oh, some big names going to get dropped yeah, in this interview. There is. Absolutely. I'm telling you now, this don't, don't this mom, Marmaduke fella, because that's why, mom, I, I call him Marmaduke. Mom. That, good evening, mom. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's it's Mark Island. He goes by his, his real. He's, he's, Mark yeah, he's, he's keeping it real. He's keeping it real yeah. by using his real name, name. But he used to just be called Marmaduke. Yeah. Marmaduke was his DJ name. And Which I, we talk about in the interview. It'll always just be Marmaduke to me. I can't help it. <laughs> Sorry. So, who's this Mark Island geezer we're interviewing? It's Mark Island. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Has anything happened in the news? What tier oh, are we in we now? Oh, we're doing it. We're in tiers. <laughs> we're in tiers. <laughs> yeah, we're in right. tiers. Is that all I need to know? Yeah. And this, just for listeners who've maybe picked up on this podcast, yes. this is th- number three out of a series of five podcasts <gasps> that are Two more to come, then. They are. Looking um, at... What's happened this year with events and DJs and the problems that we've faced? I was going to say, looking at what's happened, because nothing's happened. (laughs) Well, that is a problem. That That is is a big problem. It is a very big problem. And these podcasts are supported by Darlington for Culture and Creative Darlington. Well, thank you very much, Creative Darlington and Darlington for Culture. So, right. 
I think we should get on and play a track. So we'll play an opening track, yeah. and then we'll uh, we'll do the interview, the interview thing. We'll get into yeah. the interview. It's a really good interview. I'll yeah. tell you what, there's some blinding tracks he's picked. Awesome. And we get a mix from him later on as well. We Can't do. Can't wait. Right, here we go. Uh, you've picked this. What is it this? It is Smooth and Terrell. Is it? Friends of the show. Oh. Um, well, Smooth has not met Terrell yet, but hopefully in the near future. Right. And it is the uh, Ashley... Beadle NSW vocal mix. I like a bit of Smooth and Terrell. Yep. Keep keeping it local. Keep keeping it, it local. Keeping it real. Uh, and it ain't working. No, these lockdowns ain't working. <laughs> it ain't Crack working. On. It ain't working. <laughs> so here we go then. Pandemic podcast number three. Town crier for me, I'm telling you. Town crier for me.
Sorry, I'm just multitasking. I'm oh, just yeah. sending some work emails. <laughs> All right, same, sorry, time, sorry. You know, you've got to, you've got to do what you need to do. Yeah, we've got a podcast here, do mate. You oh, know sorry, what I mean? just you know, trim, sorry, listeners. You know, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just trim, trimming us down a little bit there. Ooh, um, yeah, Schmoove and Terrell. I'm a big fan of Schmoove and Terrell, as you all know. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't like this podcast, I suggest you go and check theirs out. It's very don't good. Don't tell them that, Mike. <laughs> all right. Okay. That's the only li- the few listeners we've got we're um, going to lose. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. Don't sorry about that. Listeners, there is no other pud- uh, podca- podcast. There's no pud- There's no podcast. There's no podcast. There's no pudding. There's no pudding. I'm only oh here if there's pudding. God. <laughs> I'm only here if there's pudding. 2020's just got worse. <laughs> no no pudding. Oh, no. <laughs> pudding's no, the no, only no. good thing left. It's all, it's all I had left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all puddings are good, aren't they? Yorkshire yeah. pudding. Yeah. You know, sweet pudding. In fact, maybe they should think about renaming this disease, make people feel better about it. Just call it Pudding 19. <laughs> Puditis. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it might make you feel better about maybe it. Because whenever anybody says, would you like some pudding? You're yeah. ooh, ooh, yeah. what are we having? Yeah. What are we having? Yeah. yeah. It's not a good marketing. Like, they really, you know, nobody likes COVID. They? No, so they don't. No. Rebranding. They really don't. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That was a good mix, though. That was the Ashley Beadle remix. It was. I liked it. I tell you what, as well, that's, um, there's a couple of remixes out. Right. And there is another one out from a guy called Sawley. Now, he is a DJ and producer based in Sunderland. Oh, he's yes. He's been doing quite big things. He's been, I think he's had like a hottest track of the week on Radio 1 in the not mm-hmm. too distant past. So he, he's he's blowing up and he's, he's from um, obviously the northeast. And I think he knows uh-huh. smooth. So I think they'd been asked to do a remix on there. So right. That's, a good, that's worth checking out as well. Very good. A little bit more techy, that one. Yeah, um, it's that last album from Proven Terrell. I've got a great sound that you could work blue. with. Yeah, you yeah. could work with it. You know, very electronic. Yeah, it's a great. It's mm. it's completely different to well, not completely different, but it's Just a lot different to what they usually. It's more do. of an electronic twist on the sort of funk soul thing yeah. that they do. Yeah, and it's really good. You need to check Smooth and Terrell out. Check it out. Right uh, down to business. So we've got an interview coming up. 
We have. That's um, why we're here. Which we've pre-recorded. Uh, we've done it on the old telephone, so you've got to understand the sound quality is because it's telephone. COVID secure. COVID secure. Absolutely. So we've got that, and in between, we're going to chop it up, and we're going to drop in some tracks, and then we've got a mix from Mark himself. So without further ado, do... Let's Should do we do it. the interview? <laughs> Let's do the do. <laughs> Let's get get on, on the, the do. do. Well, what we used to call it was the interview of doom. All right, I'll try and get this to we work. Sound, we should go and arm a celebrity. Yeah, it sounds no, a bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm for the town crier. Oh, yeah, sorry. Town cry. yeah, Well, yeah. I'll go. I'll see if I can get a job with that yeah. and deck then. <laughs> well, yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. no bother. Yeah, man you pet, do man pet. <laughs> <laughs> right, without further ado, do let's get on with the interview. Mark. As you know, yeah. these um, these these podcasts that we're doing are, are really all about. We're just trying to get an insight to how the events industry has had a massive, massive um, loss during this uh, the the lockdown, the pandemic, and COVID, and all the rest of it. And what we've been doing is we've been going around speaking to lots of different DJs. We've spoke to mobile DJs, we've spoke to a club DJ, producers, and we immediately thought of you because you nearly tick. Every single box. Yeah. I'm correct in saying that you are a full-time mobile DJ these days. That's where you earn your money. Um, full-time mobile. Yeah, we do events and uh, weddings and things like that. Yeah. Um, but oh, I've still got my finger in it on in the bars as well. So yeah, yeah, I'm still absolutely. Doing, obviously, pre-COVID, I was working Fridays and Saturdays in the bars and then jumping off to do an event. Yeah. Oh, wedding. Probably weddings more than anything during the summer. Can, but, can, uh, I, can I ask, Matt, how long have you been doing this? Um, too long. <laughs> Probably 30 years, something like that. 30 years? You don't look old enough to have been DJing 30 years, mate. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> you can pay me later. Yeah. So 30, 30 years, you'll have seen a lot of changes within the industry. Do you think that there's been any anything that's affected you as much as what this this pandemic has uh, probably not no i mean i've been through times where i've lost uh jobs and lost jobs sort of in a big way where i've been working probably in the same place five nights a week and lost a lot but right. it's the jobs have always been there luckily for me the jobs have always been just around the corner because like i'm quite known by quite a lot of people and um but this has kind of stopped everything in its tracks because the the events. I went into the events basically as um, as a backup in case I lost the bars and lost the club. Well, it was clubs before the bars, but if I lost the club, you either have to find uh, another club. But this was like a backup with the mobile weddings and things like that. So it's it's killed it all. It's literally the backup plan's gone gone as well. So it's. No, probably not. I haven't uh, I've, seen anything. You see, you've, obviously, you've been doing this a long time, and you, you you started off in the bars and the clubs, and I'll be honest, that's kind of where I started with my DJing. And, um, well, actually, no, I, I started as a mobile and then went into club DJing and bar DJing. Yeah. I, did yeah, more, yeah. I did more bar than club. And then I got yeah. to a point where I thought, actually, I might be a little bit too old to stand behind the decks in these young bars, and these young whippersnappers come along, um, yeah. And you think, you know, is it time for me to change my direction? Did, was that a factor that you thought more events rather than the clubs? Probably not. I I know what you mean about uh, feeling older. 
I mean, I've done student, student uh, particularly for me was maybe the student nights when I was uh, doing four or five nights in Durham, and the students were literally young enough to be my grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, the 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 events. I don't know, really. I think I know where you're coming from, but it's 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 shifted again now. I, I like to play music to people sort of a similar age. Yeah, yeah. Like so, hence why with the, with the, a lot of the disco and the funky house and the seventies and eighties, yeah. it can still be it's still quite credible amongst the young young gig people, especially yeah. at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. If you'd asked that question probably five six years ago, pre Glitterbox. I would have probably uh, totally agreed, but I, I but would. That's would... really why I went into the weddings. I probably went into the weddings probably because it's 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 um, probably the money's better. Yeah. Um, the wedding industry is, is huge. I used to work in the wedding industry pretty much exclusively for probably about five years when I was still mobile DJing. Yeah. Like you said, it's good. It's pre-COVID. It was a very buoyant. Um, big market, lots of weddings, lots of venues, lots of brides and grooms. So, it, to you know, from a business point of view, a fantastic yeah. market to tap into, especially if you're doing bars and, and other things as well. Like you say, you've di- diversified to try and keep things going. But yeah, could, nobody could have seen what's happened this year. Yeah, yeah. I think um, also, if I can add, I think the last, like, since the club. As what I would say, the club is not as popular as what it was. You know, there used to be clubs in where Darlington, the, the oh, Mardi yeah. Gras and places like that, they're not there anymore. They were yeah. re- replaced by the bars and the bar culture as the bar licenses got later. So I think the lines also got the blurred. The lines got blurred between uh, clubs, rather bars and events, DJs. So you become sort of a DJ that would do it all. Yeah. Like, yeah. and there's there's some guys. Uh, there's some more, more, more. Well, not even. I wouldn't call them mobile guys. It's kind of, um, they're probably more of an agency, over based in Manchester, and they sort of supply bars, lots of bars to supply, but they also do lots of events. Yeah. But right. they're doing their events in a way which I kind of tried to do as well was make them a bit less mobile, if that makes sense. So yeah. they're hiring more of a DJ. Than a disco, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm old school as well, Mike. I started like you. I started on the mobiles. Yeah. All them years ago, and they were pretty. Um, they were pretty mobile. Nobody it, really wanted to do the job. No, yeah, so, I, I agree. I, I remember exactly what it was like. You know, I, that's where I started, and it was maybe yeah. frowned upon. Um, it's like, oh, you're a mobile DJ. Yeah, you, you, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've known you a long time, Mark, and you know, yeah. I know you're one of them DJs that will go into a room. And read the room, not yeah. necessarily go, right, I'm going to play house music all night. Mark will bring yeah. the party to you. So if it's going to be an R&B night, he'll play yeah. an R&B. If it's going to be head candy, yeah. he'll play head candy. That's the sort of DJ that Mark is. And I think you've probably got them skills from being a mobile DJ. Because yeah. in a mobile, when you're a mobile DJ, you have to read the crowd more than anything. Yeah. You can't go into a wedding and go, well, I'm playing house music all night. No, not at all. You can. No, definitely. You've got yeah, to play yeah, a little definitely. bit of everything. Um, I mean, I, when I was DJing, I think my some of my most popular uh, residencies that I ever had, I was playing cheesy pop music and doing yeah. 70s nights and stuff like that. They were my big nights. I've never really held down a, a big house music night, really, if yeah, I'm being totally yeah, honest. Yeah. 
Um, I think that, that, that's probably the secret of my success is sort of playing exactly that to the room of people. doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter, like, and that's the other point is a lot of the equipment, which I get from phase one, 99% of the time, is good. <laughs> it's good equipment. It's the equipment that was always the standard in the clubs, yeah. all the pioneer stuff. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the trussings come along now, so they're not really hiding behind a disco screen, like behind the old screens, flashy screens they used to use. I, it's I, not, I it's think it's the, mobile in, the mobile DJ industry, from what I know of it back in the 80s, because I, yeah. you know, I, I'd, phase one started in 1981, and I was about 11 year old, and I remember watching my dad go out with all these big wooden boxes and all the rest of it, and loads of fairy lights, more pin spots than you could light up a car park <laughs> yeah. with. It was ridiculous, <laughs> uh, and, and it's like now I feel the industry has really, really smartened itself up. It's come up to date, and you're a fine example of that. I mean, what what do you call your company again? Uh, music. Yeah. We, we... Music, yeah. oh, it's it's not like Fred's disco. It's not that <laughs> anymore. It's not that's no. not what it is. You know, no, and I have noticed people have got more professional. Absolutely. Technology has helped as well. When you think technology now, you know, you don't need a truckload of gear to put out a nice sounding looking disco, you know, in the back of an estate car, yeah. you can get a very high quality sound system and yeah. a boot and a couple of nice lights. And that does the job. You don't need a ton of pin spots and records and huge speakers and amplifiers that you're used to. Yeah, Le- less the, is more. Less it's the evolution, the <laughs> yeah. evolution of the of the DJ. Absolutely. Really. And, uh, so yeah, but but um, that, that, well, that that's really what 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 I do. And yeah. Well, let's um, let's play one of your one of your tracks, Mark. What's uh, what's Mark's first track, Mike? It's a banger. Right, that fact. This, this, oh, we've got some classic tunes to play tonight. We've got some fantastic tunes. First one, and I believe it was a number one hit in the in the hit parade. <laughs> Do everyone hit remembers the hit parade? Uh, it's a definite '80s classic. Human League. Don't you want me, Mark? Why have you picked that? Um, this one is. Um, it's just memories more than anything. Plus, I also think it's one of the best pop records ever um i was about 10 years old when i heard this and it was like huge just massive top of the pops yeah and that was the thing and uh it's just an anthem isn't it it's like it works every time
Well, yeah, human league there. Don't you want me, baby? Right, I'm not being funny. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. That is a floor-filling song. That's Absolutely. a floor-filling. If, if you Absolutely. can't fill a floor at, at a gig, no matter where you are, if you can't fill a floor or get some toes tapping at that, you might as well pack your gear up and go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant track. Absolutely brilliant. Let's go. One of my questions then um, that we've used for this series of, of interviews was COVID yes and COVID no. So it was one thing that's been good this year um, that's maybe been a, of a result of COVID or just that's happened this year, maybe something unexpected. And COVID no, we know there's plenty of bad, but maybe something weird that you kind of didn't foresee that was a bad thing until you've been kind of, you know, locked down and spent a lot of time in the house. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the good is easy because we we uh, we had a new baby in, in June. Hey, congratulations! Yeah. Austin Jacob was born. I'll have another drink yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So kept you busy. Without a shadow of doubt, the best thing. The best thing. Oh, awesome. So that's kept you busy then, Mark. Yeah. Well, that sort of equally the bad thing is the is the um, waking up at three every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the, uh, the early mornings, right? Like the, the lack of sleep and everything else. Yeah. But uh, no, serious. The, the, the other bad, the bad things that we didn't spot was um, I'm probably having to do a, a, a real job now. I'm, I've, I've sort of diversified a little bit because obviously. Oh, my... Mark, Mark, let me stop you. Don't say real job because you're starting to agree with the government. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, Just job. rewind. We'll, we'll, be able to, we'll be able to edit that out, right? right. You've gone to yeah, get yeah. a different job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's... Uh, do you know what? That's because I, I, I love my job. I really, really love my job. And uh, it doesn't feel like work, my job. That's And that's after 30 years doing it. Yeah. So, so yeah, the um, I've had to sort of diversify into something else, uh, and it's driving a van, and uh, it's picking up. Which yeah, was good to you, the, the tools that you had to hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The VW van man is. Yeah, is, so you are now Mark Man with van. <laughs> the VW van man. The VW oh, van man. We'll oh, give that right. a share in the tag when we put the when we put the podcast out. We'll give that a share. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people in the events industry have had to diversify into whatever they could use in either the skills or equipment or vehicles that they've had to hand. I have heard stories of quite a few people, particularly DJs, because most of them have a van, turn into courier work and, and that type of work as just a means of earning some money. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's it's not easy, but uh, but neither is dealing with is Janet. <laughs> on a, on a Christmas <laughs> yeah, just think the think of all those requests that you've missed out on, Mark. Yeah, do you know I've actually missed the requests. Yeah. Like, I've missed them. I've missed yeah, them. So next next year, if things get sort of back to more normal, you'll be there. You'll be saying, "Come on, Karen, come in. What, yeah. what, what do you want? Anything you like? You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> just just in case we've got some listeners that haven't got a clue what we're talking about there. The DJ's nightmare is um, Karen from Accounts, who comes out for the Christmas party uh, and demands all her songs in one go next, need them now, and usually gets quite aggressive. And, you know, what you must understand, and we're talking to the people that are listening to the show, what you must understand is 
there is a way that DJs put things together. You know, you can't just be playing one song and then dive into the other. It's a journey, you know. And, and it's, it's no good to be playing R and B and then I'm going to play the latest banging techno record. It's just not going to work. Most people, people play as well. You kind of play at least in like threes or fours, yeah. don't you? So you're playing like you might play three seventies and then sort of three R and B tracks or whatever. You kind of generally, even if you're playing a right mixed bag. You generally don't go like you say from heavy rock to hard dance. To yeah, like, yeah. But um, but Janet from Accounts expects oh, you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Janet, Janet from Accounts. Oh, <laughs> but I do miss Janet. I do. Yeah. Janet, See, if you're listening, get in touch. I'll give you Mark's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. What about lockdown? So everyone's been in the house a lot. Um, I know we can go out a bit still now, but we've all spent a lot of time at home this year. What's been your kind of go-to food or drink this year? Um, well, while you've been in the probably, house. Probably the go-to was uh, Stella. <laughs> Can't beat the old Stella. Right? The old wife uh, beater. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie, when, when it all kicked off, I thought this would probably last, what, back in March, I thought it would last 12 weeks max. I agree. I didn't really, I didn't really think we'd be sort of in this position, still sat talking about it now. Uh, so I it was kind of, it. although we were off work, nothing had been announced about the support we were going to be getting. It was, it was very, it was an unusual time, wasn't it? Everyone started to stream. I did a few streams and got absolutely hammered. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, could you not afford? Could you not afford the Stella bill, Mark? After you, after you've <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it was it, it, madness. So yeah, probably Stella and takeaway Chinese takeaways. Oh, you want to? That's one. Another one we talk about. Have you have you formed any friendships with any delivery drivers? No, well, I knew them anyway. <laughs> we get a Christmas card off them. Oh, hey, tell you what, oh, you're well, all right, aren't you? <laughs> In the bonds that you already have then. <laughs> i tell you what, let's play a track, Alan. Let's play What's a track. The right then, Mark, your next track. Now, I've, me and Alan obviously talk about your tracks before, because we, we look and we talk about what we're going to do on the interview. And as soon as I wrote down this one on this bit of paper, I had to say it, and I'm going to mention it now. Your next track was the first ever seven-inch vinyl I ever bought as a kid. Pet Shop Boys. West End Girls, what a tune! Tell me why. Uh, well, the, this this was probably uh, another standout track because it, when I was about fourteen, um, we, we, the, the, I'm from a village back in the northwest, not not a very small village to be honest. And uh, when the pub used to close in the afternoon, we used to go and sit in the pub and play pool and on the jukebox that was always sort of one that we used to put on and it, it just takes me back to being 14 and playing pool and it's just an awesome tune Yeah. 
going out sort of mid late 90s mm-hmm. and the jukebox was such a like key thing that as a music lover I obviously was and getting into DJing it was amazing to be able to pick tracks while you're in the pub with your mates and like it was it was a bit like the prelude to me DJing I suppose yeah. Yeah. putting tracks on that for my mates and actually having to put the money in yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it was worth yeah. It was worth, <laughs> yeah, it was worth 50 pence to listen to that tune, and it's like, you know, that it, it had a value then. It was, yeah, you know, how did we used to sit in the pub and we got maybe on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon before you even went out. And if you'd been in early by sort of tea time, you were quite, you know, you were getting there. Is, is and Tune on and it all start singing along, you know, it was like it was like a mini live performance. Can I, can I ask you a question here, right? Is this still a thing? Is it still a thing, a jukebox? There is, yeah, yeah, the jukebox is still around, but I, I think they're um, they don't obviously play records; it's all digital. No, so, yeah. yeah, I get, I get that, I get that. I know, I, I understand. We may have gone digital. I'm like, because we live in a world of Spotify and streaming music, do you mm. still put money into it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. When I work on a on a Saturday. I work up in Durham normally when I'm obviously not doing a, an event, and uh, I start at eight, and the, and it's really busy when I get there, and it's all sort of jukebox led, and uh, so I, walk, I mean some of the music I walk into, it's horrendous because I'm going to go in and start obviously playing playing some nice disco and some nice house Saturday night vibes, but I'll walk in, I can walk in literally walk into anything. You know, it's just uh, because you would you would never imagine depends. anybody would put money into a machine now to yeah. play a record. I, I, I yeah. can't remember the last time I saw a jukebox. Yeah, yeah it's, there's definitely one in there. and uh, They're not as widespread as they were. Like, if you think back to the 90s, they were in every... Any pub that had a decent, you know, bar culture going on yeah. uh, had a jukebox. Our local pub in the village had one. Everywhere had one. But now I think... I have seen them in pubs, but not many. It must be like, you know... Five percent of pubs or something right. must have a jukebox. Well, imagine there. what revenue stream they will have lost because the jukebox. What will have happened is when you put your money and say it was fifty p, the pub might get fifteen p, and the jukebox company would get the rest. They've lost yeah. the revenue, but now they've probably just got a Spotify Pro account with an iPad plugged in behind the bar, and the streaming yeah. music. You know, yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. How how has it changed? Yeah. And an angry Janet demanding on Spotify wanting to play. The- <laughs> yeah. well, that, that's what I get when I turn when I turn because obviously they turn it off at eight o'clock when I start playing. But I might get Janet coming up saying, "I've just put uh, two pound in that jukebox." 
<laughs> well, are you going to play it then? Well, are you going to play it? Yeah. Go and say the manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about just talking about wrestling season? That then, Mark. Obviously, you know this year it's, it's thrown everything up into the air. Yes. You did actually get um, a little residency going recently, um, but then tier two restrictions kicked in. Tell I, what I shared that on Facebook. Yes, yes. Thanks to uh, thanks to the boys. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, obviously. Uh, that's a, it's not a sore subject, but it was it was a it was a real lifeline to get landed a job, especially in these times. I spoke to them and they said sort of yeah, they liked what I could do, and I went in did sort of three weeks for them, and and it was absolutely it was amazing to get back out there playing the music. And even just for, for the house, see, obviously if you can picture this house, my missus has sort of seen me prepare the music during the week and go out every weekend for for twenty odd years. My eldest, sort of 16, she, again, she said the same thing. And this we only spoke about this today. Um, she's seen me do the same thing every weekend. Go out to work. Dad's off to work. And then the normality was sort of back for, for three or four weeks. It, it was brilliant getting out there. And it was amazing playing the tunes. And it was very strange playing it when everyone sat down and, and uh, the lower levels. But And then the tier... Do you know, I, I thought I was safe in there as well because it's a restaurant, so they've got a, a yeah. restaurant license and everything else. Lovely, lovely place uh, called the Keys in Yarm. Um, great manager, Jacob, uh, Jake, sorry. And he, when they brought the restrictions into Tier 2, I think he probably knew what was going to happen. It, it, it literally killed it. People could, what, couldn't go, go out unless you were from the same household. Uh, so, uh, me, so we couldn't go out uh, for a pint. No. And, I've... Um... So it, it, this it, it, week, it this week, I have spoke to two restaurant owners, uh, a, a very successful restaurants in the area. Uh, one of them being Umamento, and the other one being Alfono. Yeah. And um, they, since this second tea has come in, it has been an absolute disaster for them, because, yeah. like you say, you can't, you can't, we can't go to the pub, we can't no. go and have a meal. The only, the only thing is, is I can go out with my wife. Now, I did think about this. I wonder if there's a few wives at the minute that are wondering why the husbands are going, do you fancy popping down the pub tonight? <laughs> that haven't been taken out for years. You know, we might, this is indirectly, the government might be bringing relationships back together. While I was doing the while I was doing the, the uh, three or four weeks in the cross keys, I, I would see them come out as couples. Yeah, and uh, it it wasn't it wasn't pretty. <laughs> 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 they were both sat on the phones. It just not it wasn't just not the same, is it? It's, uh, it's no, not most the same. people most people go out. I know obviously people go out. I go out with misses for a meal when we can. So, but I think a lot of people go out. Predominantly, you're going out with your mates, and when you go into bars and clubs, generally, yeah. Yeah. people are going out in groups of friends, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, So those restrictions, although they allow bars to be open when they're in like a tier two, I, I think this tier two is a nightmare to really, really function as they would normally would. Yeah, it's this tier two level is a nightmare for businesses. It's it's yeah. it's because they're not getting the same support as the ones that are closed. No, no, they're open, but they're not. The, the, some of them are saying that it, they might as well be closed. In fact, they're worse than being closed because they can't claim any support. Yeah, yeah. They're open. 
Yeah. Mark, can can I ask? Um, have you have you um, have you managed to get some support and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Um, yeah, we've had yeah we've had a little bit of help. Um, obviously, I don't have the premises. Most of the premises is sort of all the equipment sort of kept at home. Yeah. Uh, so I, I couldn't get the council grant. We did get the um, the self employment grant. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But obviously, you know. Anyone who's self-employed will know the know the situation. Yeah, I, I spend a lot. I spend a lot with you. You know, yeah, absolutely reduces my profit. If I, if I didn't buy as much equipment, I, I would have probably got more money yeah. back from them. There's but not the many people time, been buying equipment in the last nine months, mine, Mark. Don't you worry? No, no, I, I don't. You know, and uh, but but I'm all for driving a business and making things bigger and better in the long run all the yeah. time. So I, yeah. I I put a lot back into my business and and and. So yeah, we got we got a bit of uh, grant. It was reduced the second time we got that as well. But but it, the third was they renounced twenty percent, which I believe they're going to give more now as well. So yeah, it's four percent. Right. So I should be getting that. I, I got a little. Um, so I'm obviously a music producer as well, and, and do the stuff for, for Mark Doyle. Um, so I got a, a, a musician's grant, which was a, a little bit, and they oh, they do continue a little. Yeah, that that helped quite a lot. Right. Yeah, just so. Just for pe- in fact, I think that was something we should touch on actually, uh, because we talked about Mark the DJ. Um, let's talk about Mark the producer. Um, so, uh, Mark has done lots of production and stuff like that, and he's worked with some big names. So, come on, Mark, sell it to me. Sell me the dream. Yeah, oh, he's, uh, he's, are you reaching for your yeah. book there? He's got a book behind him actually that says yeah. how to DJ properly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've got several books behind me, uh, all about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I started the production really to sort of make the uh, to take the, obviously me and the business further forward to try and get more international bookings and more more uh, prestigious bookings and and obviously get because anyone who knows who works in the bars and everything else, it's not the best money and it probably hasn't gone up that much since I started doing it. Uh, working in bars and, and, and obviously the Actually, clubs. Actually, can I just stop you there, Mark, before we go into the production thing? And it yeah. was a question I wanted to ask earlier because I'm, you know, we're both probably around about the same age. I think I'm probably a little bit older than you. But yeah. you remember what it was like to be carrying boxes and boxes of vinyl around to go and do clubs. Yeah. Do you feel the money was better then than it is now to go and do a bar gig? Uh, right. So my take on that is obviously I started doing um, just, I started doing the private stuff because you, obviously when you're 17, 18 you can't just wander into a nightclub. However, it didn't take me that long. I got sort of in a nightclub within a couple of years. But the mobile money was, do you know, touching the other thing is is obviously the job, the recent job because because the pub was, the, the the bar wasn't taking as much money. I took a, a, a reduction in. Yeah, in they fee. can't afford to pay the big, big fees. Well, this is it. This is it. They, they weren't full. They, you know, it was an extra. It wasn't going to sort of bring them more customers. It was going to enhance their experience. So, yeah, I, I took, I took a, a little less than what I normally get. But that, to be honest, wasn't that much more than what I was getting when yeah. I started all Absolutely. them years ago. Club, think... club wise, the, the money, uh, club wise, was probably more, but you had to spend more. Yeah, I I agree. Music, I agree. Music, yeah, you needed to go out and I, I was when I was doing some clubs. Obviously, granted, I was working five nights a week, but I would be be spending hundred and fifty quid every fortnight. This was a subject I was going to get onto. How yeah. we've gone from this 
vinyl uh, where I used, I used to go to the record shop every week because I was working three or four gigs every week uh, and buy vinyl and vinyl's expensive and you'd be spending yeah. 80 to 150 quid in vinyl. You needed them yeah. tracks. Yeah. So, you you know, your wages had to reflect that. Now, music now is so accessible, um, yeah. you know, and even if even if you are one of them great people that goes and buys their music, and I think a lot of people, a lot of DJs do, you know, yeah. but um, even if you're buying your music, your music is not as expensive as what it was. You can get that banger of a track for a couple of dollars, you know. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, 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 so if you're paying for it, so hence them bar fees and these fees that we can charge as a dj have actually it's they've gone down i think they've gone yeah, down yeah um, yeah yeah i think there's more people who want to be a dj as well like it's it's become a lifestyle uh you know like it, i know we talk about like instagram and all that there's a lot of people who, who probably are into dj now not not primarily because of the love of music which yeah. i think most people started out 20, 30 years ago, it was because you loved music, not that you wanted to get 10,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. 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 I do think the industry has changed immensely. Um, it's like, you know, I was earning, you know, decent money to work till midnight in a, in a, in a bar. Now, I reckon I would be getting half now to work till 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, yeah. Which more not, difficult not to do. Interest. Yeah, um, more, more people prepared to do it and like prepared to do it to enhance their their you know their brands their name to right. go and DJ in a club just to DJ for free or whatever. Yeah, for a few absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to come back and talk about Mark the producer. I'm sorry I butted in there, but it was just you know, it's, 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 it's not, do you know, mate? It's not all about you, you know. <laughs> no, I wanted to ask the question. I wanted to ask the question. So are we gonna play are we gonna play a track? We're gonna play a track. We'll play a track and then when we come back, we wanna talk about Mark the producer yeah, because Mark, Mark has done some great productions. Anyhow, the next track, Steve Silk Hurley. Jack your body. Tell me about it, Mark. Right, Jack your body was uh probably one of the tunes I heard when when I started going out. Yeah, out, 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 out. out. You went out, out, and uh, going to um, clubs, and it was just different, wasn't it? It was different to all that other stuff we'd heard. We'd heard the Pet Shop Boys and the Human League and things like that, and uh, but this was just like, what's this?
get back to what we were talking about before I rudely interrupted. Yes, Michael. <laughs> music production, Mark. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, music production. I started um, trying to produce to enhance the... Uh, enhance me and make me better and probably try and uh, uh, take more money out of it, out, of, out per night, if you know what I mean. And ironically, I did get more money per gig, but it was that was doing the mobile stuff and, and the events. So, uh, but the production, um, self-taught, did get a little bit of help of a few people, uh, went to see a couple of guys quite early on and spent a couple of days with them, obviously paid for that and uh, did some music with them. Um, and off the back of a bootleg, Matt uh, uh, Dalton Head Candy got in touch with us. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did a bootleg, and uh, and Mark Doyle emailed me from Head Candy and uh, said, "Head Could he Candy, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so asked asked for a copy for the radio show, and I said, "Yeah, that's uh, no problem." Fantastic. And, uh, then he asked me to do a few official uh, mixes for him, and uh, did them, and. Um, I mean, let, let me just get this across. Let me just get this across, right? People who don't know, maybe these young whippersnappers, right, or some other listeners might not realise that Head Candy 
when we're talking about when you did this, Mark, was massive. We're talking this was as big as any Ministry of Sound as a brand, as big as Cream as a brand, as big as Gatecrasher as a brand. It was a huge brand for you to be talking to the main man at Head Candy and doing remixes is nothing short of i bet you must thought i've made it at that point yeah 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 i do obviously me and mark are good mates now and like i'll i'll message him and just to, with some gags and jokes and take the mickey and take the piss out of him and stuff but when when i think about it yeah it, it uh it was a bit of a big thing at the time and it was a huge and thing they were massive and i've played their music for, for years yeah, I think it's it's a huge. Uh, it was and is a huge. It's a different brand now, but a, a huge international brand. Awesome. Uh, Absolutely. And we've, we've interviewed Mark for, for yeah. the workout for the podcast. What a so, lovely guy. So, ladies and, and gentlemen, if you don't know about Head Candy, rewind to an earlier episode of the Workhouse, and Mark Doyle, who was set up. This interview was set up by Mark, who we're talking to now. Two Marks. That's getting confusing. <laughs> that's getting yeah, really Mark, confusing Mark, Mark Island set up the interview yeah for and, and, and I went to interview him and, and, and it was a great interview and it was really interesting to hear about all that really did with Head Candy and how all that came about so are we still producing then then Mark are we still producing yeah yeah, yeah. The, obviously with, with the Head Candy stuff um, it, it was the funky stuff that funky, more the funky music that sort of caught his attention but at that time there wasn't really that many people doing it or not I, I didn't get that much interest with that music because it was all house um so i didn't get disheartened with it i did a few mixes for mark and obviously but mark had then left head candy and he, he, he did his own brand which was fierce angels um yeah. so we, i did a few mixes for though for them and then um i changed my sound and went a bit more housey to get to appeal to a few more uh a, a yeah, to appeal to a few more people that, are, like, that could play the music today and uh, that were bothered about the trends. And then since then, obviously, the disco and glitter box and everything else has come back in fashion. Um, so I do still produce a little, produce a few bootlegs. Yeah. Where where could we go and find them? So could we, could you know, if, if for the listeners to go and have a few, listen to a few of Mark's tracks, where can we find them? Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um Mixcloud, I put a lot of things on Mixcloud, Mark Island DJ. You're still, um, on, you're still on Bandcamp, Mark? Were you on Bandcamp? Yeah, I've got a few, a few uh, bootlegs on Bandcamp. Can I ask, uh, what name do you go under on Bandcamp, or is it just Mark Island? Or? Mark Island DJ, I've, I've, yeah. I, I, check, I used to be called Marmaduke, and a lot of, did a lot of the remixes for uh, Fierce Angel under the uh, Marmy Duke. Yeah. But I, I decided, because I was going, pushing the private events, I thought Marmaduke was a bit... Silly. Yeah. yeah. It was a cool name. It's always stuck with me. As far as I'm concerned, you'll always be mom. Yeah. <laughs> I often think maybe I should have just kept it, kept it like, like, because change, you know, I, I don't know. How... I think, though, trend, that's an interesting point, though, because trends, you know, fashion changes. And there was a time where everyone needed a, a sort of cool name. Like, to be a DJ, you had to have like Fat a. Fat Boy a Slim. Name. Fat yeah, Boy yeah. Slim. You couldn't be called, you couldn't be called Mark. He, or whatever, you know, yeah. you have to have some like Bad boy slim, but now we all just call him Norman Cook. Yeah, it's Norman you Cook. Have a name that you DJ under. Um, but I think, and particularly the events as well, when I used to do, I saw the maybe tail end of that where people used to DJ under like a 
like as a as a DJ company, there might be you know like uh, Disco Forty Five or whatever. But yeah. people coming around more to, I think, as a business, as a professional business, people are buying into you. So like if you go by your name, yeah, whether it's a stage name, you really, but you go by your name, people are kind of like buying into you, and you're you're selling yourself, aren't you, really? Definitely, yeah. I did, I, I did kind of, yeah. I, I thought that as well, and that that was partly why I changed it. I thought music is like sort of the events company. If you want lights, and I can probably supply you your bar with a DJ, or I can do your wedding, and the, and the production stuff. I'm Mark Doyle said to me, "What are you changing your name back to Mark Island for?" I said, "Oh well." He said, "I like the name Marmaduke." I said, "Oh man, don't do this." But. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't times, know. Times change, though, don't they? And like you say, if, you, if you're doing it like you said there before, though, Mark, like as a sort of another side to your business to help promote you and to help promote, you know, the gigs that you do. Yeah. If you're going by your name, you're promoting yourself, which makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I probably should have started with that 30, 30 years ago. <laughs> In business, though, like, you know, but none, that's the other thing with DJs. I mean, none of... Nobody really starts out, not really, being a DJ as a, as a businessman. No. People start DJing because they like DJing. Yeah. yeah. And you learn the bit about business as you go through. De- oh, definitely. Definitely, and yeah. you pick up things. And if, you know, and if, you, if, you, if you've got your head screwed on, you kind of learn and you, you pick things up as you go along and you improve your business. Yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. So what about if you could look back at this year... What, is there anything you've learned you can live without? Something that was maybe really important to you last year that you thought oh, I could never live without this, but this year something you think, well, I could just throw that in the bin. Or I don't need that anymore. Um, His PA system. Yeah, one discount card. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, Lockdown has learnt me a few quite early on in the lockdown when I started to do a few streams. Um, it kind of kicked in into touch how important it is to. Uh, I mean, I'm always busy and I'm always uh, probably more so when I'm doing the bar gigs. Is I've got my head down and I'm, pl- I'm playing the music to the bar. Um, obviously, Janet comes up and asks for a few songs, and I'll, I, I, sometimes I'm not I'm not the most pleasant. I don't want to come across really bad, but sometimes it's like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. But if they're asking for something that's really hideous, like in the middle of a set sort of thing, it's it can't it, it, fit those requests in once you want well, to. You've got, you got yeah, to realise so, so, is Janet so, works so, in accounts, and nobody likes anybody that works in accounts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so like, if I'd um, every potential person that talks to you is a potential customer and someone that's going to talk to you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, like, absolutely. So, so it did learn me that 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 like without the club, you need your you need your uh, your followers. Yeah, I someone that's going to listen to your music, someone that's going to download your mixes or or buy your remixes. Do you know? That's like a business again. It's like something. It's like a because I have a Mike obviously has a business. I have a business outside of nothing to do with music. Yeah, I think you can learn. Sometimes you learn from other things that, yeah, like when you're DJing in a bar, particularly if you're doing events, you don't know that person that you might be talking to could be someone who might book you for an event, Definitely. Definitely. and then they might book you for another event. And it is difficult though when you're dealing with a drunk Janet. Well, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. It's, it's, it's let's not forget, like that that uh, they probably won't even remember the conversation they've had with you when they've been giving you a load of grief yeah. for not playing 
you know, whatever. And uh... can I can I just butt in again, right? Because I'm getting a bit worried about we're being maybe a little bit sexist. That there's only Janet. Is there not <laughs> like a Duncan or anybody? Oh, there's definitely Kevin that works in IT. Kevin in tight, right? That's all. As long as we can move on, I was just feeling we were getting a little bit one-sided uh, on on Janet. Janet's getting and a hard mate, time. And his mate Brian, and his mate Brian, who both come dressed as um, Blues Brothers. We <laughs> both get out a loss. Right at the Christmas party, there's always them two. And yeah, yeah, but. Uh, Oh, go on, no, I've, 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 I've really missed the customer, and I've really missed, or it, it really learnt, like taught me that um, everyone coming to speak to you is a potential client and someone that could potentially book you. You know, just because they've been an arsehole on that night doesn't mean to say that they're not a nice person. <laughs> Two more cans well, of San Miguel, and yeah. I'll, be, I'll, I'll turn into an arsehole. It's all right. Fine. <laughs> 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 well, why don't we play another track? Oh, can I another... go for a beer? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can go for a beer. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll go for a beer while we play the track. Yeah, so just, right. so just, yeah. just, just hold on a minute. Whoa, there. Right. Get back right. in your chair, <laughs> Island. <laughs> right then. He's picked another banger, like. And to be honest with you, I've got to do one of these interviews for, for, for us. And this was on my list. This was on my list. And I know this is not about me, it's about Mark, right? But he's picked one of my records. I, this was because I've been thinking about what records I was going to have for my interview because Alan's going to interview me. It sounds crazy. I don't, I don't know why I agreed to do that now. I don't really, know. But they... um, the record you've picked is Black Box Ride on Time. Mate, just tell us. But Black Box Ride on Time was. Uh when i first started to um to dj so i'd obviously the, the last one was was going out and uh, but this was when i I'd, I'd started after them two years starting as a mobile I, I i did manage to get myself in a nightclub a local nightclub it was over in whitehaven and uh, where i was from the northwest and uh, it was just it was a, tw a proper 12 inch it, it was an amazing track amazing the pianos and the sample of the 70s tune. Um, so, yeah, we hadn't heard any. It just absolutely destroyed everything, didn't it? It was massive.
Right, ah, so now that everyone's had a, during that uh, record, we all went and got a beer. It was brilliant. So, so uh, that, what fantastic track that Black Box, right on time. Uh, and it was right on time for us all to go and get another drink, which means this interview could go on for another three hours because I'm, I'm in the zone here now. I, I might be, I would like to think I was going to go out, out. But uh, we can't. We can't. We really can't. We'll have the after party, Mike. We'll have the after party after we finish the <laughs> All right, interview. okay. Matt, mo- moving forward and getting getting back on, um, you know, this whole thing of how, you know, COVID has uh, really affected the events industry. Um, what do you think? We're, I mean, we're in October now, moving into November. We all went into that lockdown at that time, and I agree with you. I was like, you know, thinking this will maybe last a couple of months. Uh, uh-huh. uh, any longer, I'll be very surprised, you know. And then it just feels now that we're, we're, we're up against it again. Um, uh-huh. It's very worrying for everybody in the events industry. Um, what do you see as um, moving forward? Do, do you see the light at the end of the tunnel? What, what's your opinion on that? Uh, well, I did. I did, obviously, with, with, with getting back out there to work, even under the circumstances, like I'd say, I did feel that I was getting back to a little normality. Um, but obviously since then, and that, that can come crashing down, which it did, and it's it sort of brings it back to the forefront of, yeah, this... So I have good and bad days, and then, like, t- today, well, the last couple of days were, were, weren't the best. You know, I was in a bit of a... Uh, just just a sad, low place. Um, but I, generally, I'm optimistic, and... and um, but I do think it will be next year. I'm hoping it'll be... I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping it'll be next year. I mean, all, all the private events we've had... Have, have, this this year's gone now. Everything it's all either been postponed or cancelled. So next year on paper is really really busy. However, the last couple of days, the reasons I had a couple of uh, people that were getting married in May next year wanting to move to to t- May twenty twenty two. So it only takes a few of those to come at you. Yeah, and it, it, it's in a different mindset, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah. but but the, the the events industry, like the, the wedding industry, or the brides, more the, more the clients, that the, they're really um, worried and about next year. Yeah, but well, it's really if you, uh, I allow myself to get depressed and down about next year, it, it, like it, it just makes it worse for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we talked about on the one of the other questions we haven't mentioned actually was that. Like I think everybody will struggle with the mental health at some point this year, regardless yeah. of what industry you work in or anything. Definitely. So I think we've we we talked about what's been good for people to try and just keep on top of things, like just keeping active and busy and stuff like that. So have you felt have you felt that's worked for you, Mark, trying to keep busy? Well, the missus says that if sorry that if I, I if I'm busy, like I'm in a better mood. So yeah, I, I definitely think the streaming was good for 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 a bit, but you know. It, if, if Facebook didn't keep blocking the streams, I would have probably st- still be streaming because I did enjoy it. But yeah. what, I didn't, what I didn't enjoy was having to uh, pre-select the songs, listen to the songs on a, on a private stream so I could see what was going to be blocked. So yeah. I, I'm, when I was doing the streaming, just 
we've talked about that as well. I think like Facebook, the way it's gone and it's got worse now. It's not yeah. the platform for live streaming, and you need to look at like the Mixcloud, the Play DJ TV, and, and the other ones there. But they don't have the interaction at the moment. No. You do yeah, have to, so it's difficult. That's the, the definite, yeah. I'd stop, I, I, to be honest, I was going to stop streaming probably uh, a couple of weeks prior to the, when I did, but um, I got a message off a guy who said, "Oh, we're loving you." In fact, I had several messages. Although I didn't really feel like mine, that was one of the reasons I stopped because I, I wasn't feeling it with the numbers, and it was a bit of a competitive thing. Someone guys were getting three or four hundred. Some guys were like obviously guys I know, and they were doing a couple of thousand down south, and it was like. Don't feel no bad. Me and, me and Alan get two or three. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Now, I mean, it's me watching on my phone and Mike watching on his phone. Yeah, we're just <laughs> yeah. watching each other. I, mean, I, watched one, I watched one the other day and Alistair White had, had about 30 people watching it and I felt like crying for him because, like, Alistair White. It's Alistair White. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that goes back, that's like I was touched on before, though. Alistair White had huge DJ, still, like, drawing a, a big retro crowd now. Yeah. But won't be massive on his social media game, and that's why he gets thirty. That's why he gets thirty watches. Whereas DJ, I go to the gym all day. Yes, he has fifty thousand followers, so he yeah. will get a thousand people watching him. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. How things have changed. Yeah, that was that was making me. That was why I stopped, and it was making me like we we. Did, it was the feedback. It was like when you're getting the feedback. Obviously, it's why we do it. It's like you've got a, your room is your viewers. Like I was yeah. in a pub or a bar or a club, and the, as the numbers go go down, it's like people's walking out of your pub and not enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. So it didn't really do my me any good. So I, that's no. why I stopped doing it. But I did. I got a, a couple of messages. One guy was um, his daughter. He's a friend of mine. His daughter had recently got uh, been diagnosed with leukemia, so she was going through chemotherapy. And it was like, oh, we absolutely love your streams. Keep going. You're keeping us going. And I'm thinking, well, that's it. Doesn't really matter about hundreds of viewers. That no viewer, them viewers were important. This is really important. Yeah. yeah. What you what you touch what you, what you're touching on there is, yeah. It it's how can I put it? Is yeah. Do you know sometimes, and I can understand where you're coming from, Matt, because Mark, you're a person that usually stands in a in a bar that'll have. I don't know, 50 to 150 people stood in front of you, if not more. When you're in a club yeah. situation, you've had like uh, three or four, 500 people stood in front of you while you're DJing yeah. and you're reacting to that crowd uh, yeah. and you're going with the how that feel goes. Uh, then you're at events at weddings where you may be looking after anywhere between 80 and or 150 or 200 people and they're yeah. in front of you. Now, I know as as a DJ when you've been doing them events like if you like if you play a record and the and the dance floor thins a little bit, oh, you're it's like a, it's the worst feeling. It's the worst yeah. feeling because um, you've really worked like, up yeah, to a certain yeah. point, and you, it's the worst feeling when you do maybe play a record that wasn't going to be the next, you know, and and you lose a few. You know, we've all got to admit we've all lost dance floors. If you haven't yeah. lost a dance floor as a DJ, you've never really DJed. You know, no. it's, 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 I'm sorry. On the, on the flip side of that, though, then you get the euphoric feeling of playing that record and the whole room. Place. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great place to be. It's but, the human connection, though, isn't it? That's what but most if, people want. If you're used to having at least 
at least a hundred people in front of your DJ when you DJ. When yeah. you go on to Facebook and you're pulling twelve, yeah, that's got to hurt. Yes. Oh, definitely, definitely, one hundred percent. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't. it's you're not you're not getting that interaction quite. It's a very different. It's a different thing. And it, it shouldn't. It's a different setup, isn't it? It really yeah. shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't affect you like that. No. But it does. But you got yeah. to understand those people are just scrolling. They're that's, just scrolling yeah, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's the that's thing. And, that, and that's why I was. That's why earlier I mentioned sort of um, while you're at the gig, that's your perfect opportunity. Or that's what I come away with that, that, that everybody who stands in front of you on a weekly basis would be someone that would tune into your stream for a little while. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to stay all night. Just come and say hello. But like, it, it, yeah. So it was a really strange. Um, getting back to the original question, the streaming was good. I coped with being busy with the new job coming up there with the uh, with the keys and yam. It it got the normality back. Uh, but then when you lose that, it's like right, you know. Because let's not face it. At the end of the day, when it kicked off, that the, the mortgage and everything was put on hold. For a couple of weeks, for for a couple of months, uh, so there was not much money leaving my account. All the the mortgage was on hold, but obviously when the support stopped off the government, the mortgage starts coming back out again. Yeah, and then it's a bit more strained. So when you really sit and think about the sort of the, like the financial side of it as well, it's why we're here. Like, it, it is quite scary. Yeah, I, so I, I like. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think it can be. Over as over as fast as possible, but realistically, if it's next year when all these gigs, if we're allowed, I think it's the fact that no one's really telling us when, uh, where, because people don't know that, and that's the problem. But I think, if to be positive, if I think if the summer with the spring and sort of summer we've had this year, the summer we've had this year, once we got going, we should have a better summer next year because we'll be better prepared. Testing should be better. Everyone yeah. should be more prepared. And I think the, the the obviously it's going to be a bit of a long, long, long winter for most people in events. Yeah. But hopefully there could be people saying maybe a little bit of a boom next year with people trying to catch up on the things that have been missed the, this year, like your weddings, yeah. more events, parties. People, I mean, people just going out. I think next year, obviously, when restrictions are relaxed, whenever that is. Yeah. People will want to go out and make the most of being yeah, out. I did. I, did um, I found that because, like, since during the summer when they sort of re, re, uh, sort of relaxed the rules a little bit, I was booked to do a couple of private parties in people's gardens. And then, oh, yeah. well, we we saw that because that was when you were allowed to have up to thirty people, was it? Yeah, thirty people in a garden, and and obviously the first gig I did back it was a absolute. It was that was an amazing gig. There was literally 30 people in this garden and they'd book sort of me and a sax player to play sort of Ibiza tunes. And it was it was brilliant. It was a hot day and we were there and we only played for two and a half hours, but it was it was it was amazing. That was like I said to them, Look, like, I'm so pleased that it's been an up for it crowd because I haven't worked since March. And this was sort of, well, I can't remember when it was, end of end of July or something. Um so, so I think that, we've got hopefully like we've got some of that to look forward to on a much bigger scale next yeah. year. I think yeah, I'll, 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 that's something I will pull from it. Is next next yeah. year for the summer I would push for doing more private gigs in people's gardens. Yeah, yeah. 
good, a great do you know, idea. Do you know what I think? Idea. I think what we've all got to remember as well is, I know there's been a lot of talk about whether whether being a DJ is a proper job, but when someone's prepared to pay you, yeah, it's a proper job. Yes. At the end of, they're paying you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, I, I've always been one of them that, I mean, I started this to, um, I designed my life. I, I chose this because I love it. And I like, it's like I said to you, it doesn't feel like work. I chose a job I love and you never work a day in your life, but that's not, it's not good at the minute, is it? It's, no. And then we've got the, 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 the government saying get viable jobs. No, it's a bit. Um, that hasn't gone down well in the industry. Yeah. Or, I don't think. Mark, I think a lot of people don't see the side of running events and, and, and being a DJ other than turning up and playing music for four hours. Yeah. And we all right. know that that's half the job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Half is well, all the planning, the preparation, the music. Yeah, it's not just us, though. It's, I mean, there's a lot of, there is a lot of people that, it, so if we're talking about weddings in particular, like the wedding suppliers, a lot of them, uh, like the people that do the flowers, the people that do the backdrops and seat covers, some of them, as a, yeah, it's, it's also split between probably the people who do it part time and people that do it full time. But if people do it full time, it, it is the job, and like, it's often hard for people to understand that it because it's a fun environment that we work. It, you know, yeah. Yeah. That it looks like we're having a good little, time. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I think it's still a job if you do it part time. I did it part time for you know a few years, and I, I treated it like a job. You know, I invested in the equipment. I, I planned. You know, I, I didn't leave anything a chance. I just didn't. I know I didn't turn up half an hour before. I met clients. I visited venues. I was there in good time. You know, there's a huge amount that goes on to just you know, run a successful and reliable like DJ service for something yeah. that's very high end. Yeah, yeah. So um, next year, yeah, it, that that was what the original was, wasn't it, Mike? Next year. Fingers crossed for next year. I, th- yeah. I think there is light at the end of the tunnel for next year. It's just come on, guys. When, right? When it comes, we just remember, people like dancing, mm. and they'll always be dancing. We just got to get back to some dancing. It will be. Definitely you know, will. we've got to get back to that. And when the what? dancing starts. These people are going to come looking for you. Yeah. Yeah. They'll come looking for you and they'll come looking for guys like you who know how to make them dance. You know? Yeah, that is it. That is it. Uh, even at the job at the Cross Keys, the, the doorman were walking the, uh, the, walking the floor and there was the odd person, people getting up and having their dance, getting told to sit back down again. Yeah. So I, didn't know if I, was, I didn't know I was doing what if I was doing right or wrong. I was like, yeah. In my head, I'm doing right, but in the environment, it's different rules. Funny environment. Let's play so a track. What, what the, is this the last track? This is the last track. I tell you what, mind. There's not a bad track on this list. I'm, I'm only. I think we're only lucky, Alan, that he's, he's kept it to five. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> he's left some tracks yeah. here, right? But we have got coming a, a, a mix as well. And trust me, people, if you've listened to the interview, right, this mix is class. It will be class. You need to get across and go and uh, we'll, we'll put some links in the um, the Facebook post and on the, on the SoundCloud post through to Mark's SoundCloud, his MixCloud and all the other bits that he does because you need to go and check out some of his productions on Bandcamp and stuff like that. But his last record, which I think is rather fitting, to be honest with you, it's rather fitting, um, Ultra Nate Free. What a tune. What a tune. 
Yeah, Ultranate, right. This, uh, was it 1997? Ooh, are you testing me? Oh, I don't know. At the time, that was the time. I hadn't been in the North East that long, and I was was living up in Newcastle, but I'd actually started, I'd opened a brand new nightclub in Hartlepool, which was called the Wesley Nightclub, and it was, it was literally, we can't have been very far in it, but I used to go up to HMV on a weekly basis and buy the, uh, buy records that, before I was on a few of the promo lists. So this night in particular, this this Friday night in particular, I'd heard Pete Tong play this tune. And it, every now and then there's a song that just, it, you, you only need to hear it once. It grabs you. It grabs you, doesn't it? Yeah. And I remember going up to HMV the next day and saying to the guys, look, Ultranate free. He said, we've got a copy in the shop, but I can't sell you it until Monday. Did you beat him up? I didn't, he wouldn't sell me. He wouldn't sell me. <laughs> the crazy thing is, on that Saturday night, on that Saturday night, uh, a girl had asked me for the, for, have you got Ultranate free? Well, it wasn't just any girl. It was my, it was my missus who I'm with now. Oh, oh, you know, so oh that's brilliant. Not only does she has amazing taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I said, look, I can't play you the record, but I will go and get it for you on Monday. So we, uh, and the rest history, but uh, what a tune. What an absolute, what an absolute tune. tune. Let's put the track on.
tell you what, that makes me feel like I want to go dancing. Dancing, dancing, that's where I, I want to go absolutely there. Absolutely love that tune. Oh, ultra Nati free. Hey, I tell you what, we need we need a new rule. We need a new rule when it comes to the old um I hear you, Mike. The old interviews. Right? We must apologise, listeners. Yeah. It, we went on a bit. Yeah, it did. It did. And, and there's a good reason for that. It's because we did the interview on a Friday. And we started drinking beer. And that's never a good idea. No. Because I can talk. Oh, yes, without beer. <laughs> without like just beer. In, you know, it could be six in the morning. Mike's I, talking. I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> Ten at night, he's still talking. One thing, I'm thinking about retraining. As a talker. Somebody to talk. Um, you've heard I of these people who are good listeners. Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> Mike's going to be the, the, the I'm a talking ta- clock. Could, yeah. <laughs> you just be there. Going, the time is now 10.42. <laughs> and now it's 10.43. And did I tell you about the time? I used to sell records for three for a pound. Oh, hang on, it's 10.24. <laughs> Yeah, because I've got to go and get a proper job, so yes. you, you never get, know. That well, this what are you doing here, then? I, I, you know, get I, out. Maybe this this talking things. maybe the, the future yes. for me. Yeah, well, huh? you are good at it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was, um, it was Alternate Free, and that was from 1997. Oh, you were right, then. The Mark was. Yep. Um, I remember going out. Out, out. Out, out. I remember it. I was born in 1980, though, so I don't know how that quite happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going out to clubs and bars in Downton, and when that tune came out, I think every bar you walked into on a Friday or it Saturday, was one of them it, tunes. you heard it. It was one of them you tunes. You heard it in every place you went in. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, when you were de- I was DJing when that was out, and it was like, how many times could I get away with not yeah. playing it within a night? <laughs> it's like you'd play it, and then I'd work in bars where it was like a circuit, yeah. so like a circuit bar, so the crowd yeah, changed. So you could play music, and I'm yeah. DJing in places like yeah. where you don't have to play a it's like, like totally different. Hang on a minute, fifteen minutes. Uh, we better hours. get Ultranati on free yeah. again. Because yeah. otherwise, I mean, back then it wasn't Karen; it was probably Sharon. Yeah, absolutely. Sharon from the nineties. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I tell you what, got a great interview. Enjoyed yeah. that. Absolutely. We touched on a lot of really good stuff and important stuff there for we did. Uh, the whole reason for these podcasts, which is to talk about how events have been affected this year and the people who work in those events as and well. And how they've been affected. Yeah, per- yeah. yeah, personally and in a business yeah. sense as well. Absolutely. So the other thing we were going to mention was the Darling Markets. Yes. Because we've been DJing at the, the Peas Pudding Evening Markets, which came uh, back for... A good for couple of years now we've been doing yeah. that. Yeah, and they, they, they came back for about six or eight weeks when the circumstances allowed. Yep. Um, we did a few of those, and me and Mike did a few. And then we got Mark involved because Mark is a full-time DJ. Yeah. And we had the opportunity to get him involved and give him a few paid gigs. A few gigs, yeah. Uh, and get him... And, and he went And he really fitted in well and played a brilliant mix of music. Yeah. Went down really well. And we will be doing uh, the Peace Pudding Markets again in 2021, I'm sure. I'm looking and forward we're to get that. get Mark involved with us. And that's all to do with Darlington Markets. And it's also backed by the council as well, have helped support those events through, particularly this year. Yeah, we've got you. You're connected times. these days, you, Alan. Someone has to be, Mike. Yeah, because I, I, I just turn up. I just turn you up. You do the talking. I do the talking. Yeah, I do the planning. <laughs> you do the planning. <laughs> yeah, well, it works well. It, it works well. It works well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I think we could do with a third team member. Yeah. Oh, don't, 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 don't. Don't go there. We've been there this week. I couldn't resist. <laughs> so uh, we've got the mix to play. Yeah, shall we do? Shall we do that? Shall we play the mix? Yeah, we've got a cracking mix coming your way. That's been a great show. A little bit longer uh, than normal. Sorry, listeners. But uh, yeah, if 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 you if you fast forwarded, we'll and try the and wind the beer back a little we'll, bit next time. Yeah, next time, not as much beer. Got two more shows to go. Not much talking. Series. Yeah. So uh, let's just play this mix. Let's do it. You are now listening to Mark Island in. The mix. Mix, 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 mix. 
Yeah. 
journey into the night and take flight on a pursuit of musical bliss. Chasing beats through ghetto streets to a dungeonous temple left by our soul descendants in a quest for peace, energy, and life. If you would find this temple, do you have the knowledge to enter the temple? Do you want it? And if you had it, would you flaunt it? Well, it's yours. It's yours, it's not a flow, and so it's good. It's a firebird within your hold, it's not with yours. If you feel it in your soul, follow the light of yours. Entrance to the temple is hard but fair. Trek through God for sacred elements because the reward is well worth the journey. Stay steadfast in your pursuit of the light. The light is knowledge. Do you want it? And if you had it, would you flaunt it? It's yours. It's a You stay true to your quest, so let the beauty that is the musical universe engulf you. Recharge your spirit, purify your mind, touch your soul, and give you the eternal joy and happiness you truly deserve. And if you had it, would you flaunt it? Well, it's your fault. It's a firebird within your heart, it's not with yours. If you feel it in your soul, follow the light of this.
Mark Ireland. 